Dokily, Dokily, let's put on our game faces. Game on! Woo! This is Bronco Nation, a Midwest Communications podcast. Here's your hosts, Jordan Lass and Jim Lawless. Jordan is off one more week, but that's okay because uh, I, I have a uh, guest in studio and a guest in Walker, courtesy of uh, Facebook Live or Facebook uh, Facebook phone. Yeah, yeah. Facebook I, phone is yeah. that a real thing? That's a real thing. That's what that's what he's on right now. Okay. I'm Jim. Um, Carolyn Binder is here. Carolyn is the voice of Bronco women's basketball on 1660 and 955 The Touch. Hello. Hey, you caught me actually in Kalamazoo for once. Yeah, right. Yeah, we, Valpo last night, right? Yep, we're in Valpo. Got a big win on the road, our first, and I'm sure we'll talk more about that. Oh, yes, um, and there's something else that uh, we need to hit, and I think you know where we're going. Tyler Kuehl, uh, he fills in for Robin Hook, uh, calling Western Michigan hockey, and he also writes for MLive. How you doing, man? I am doing well, um, you know, a little bit north of you guys, but, you know, it's still the same nice gray, wet, cold they're experiencing down there. We're experiencing up here, too. So, yeah, everything's good. Right. Yeah, it, it, it's Michigan in December, you know. Exactly. It, we, it, yeah, we had, our, we, we had that snow in November, and now we're not going to get it until January 12th. It is what it is. Okay, to the meat and potatoes. Um, yeah, breaking news this morning, as a matter of fact, woke me up. Uh, it only took 10 days, too. Um, new football coach for Western Michigan. I'm sure most of you are aware of it. Lance Taylor, um, Mount Vernon, Alabama native. He's uh, 41. He will be uh, taking over as the head coach for the Broncos. And he has a pretty good resume, as a matter of fact. I'm going to pull that up down here. Um, his, uh, his pretty good resume here. I got to credit WWMT, uh, for doing the research on this 2007 and 08. Um, he was the, uh, offensive, um, graduate assistant in Alabama. So he was with Saban 2009 Appalachian, Appalachian, Appalachian state. I can't spit it out today. (laughs) (laughs) Jordan, where are you, buddy? We need you. Yeah. Get back here, man. He was the wide receivers coach, uh, from 2010 to 12. He was an intern for the jets, uh, offensive quality control in 11 and assistant tight ends coach in 2012. Uh, 2013, he moved on to the Carolina Panthers as assistant wide receivers coach. 2014 through 16, he was in Stanford running running backs coach. Uh, 17 and 18, went back with the Panthers as the wide receivers coach again. Um, 19 through 21, he was just down the road. Notre Dame, um, he was the run game coordinator, running backs coach. And 2022, uh, he was uh, last year Louisville's uh, offensive coordinator. I think Dan got what he wanted. I think you all will agree with me. He wanted someone that can uh, call plays, that can run an offense as well. What do you guys feel about it? Carolyn, why don't you shoot in first? Yeah, and I'm pulling up. So the one of the benefits that I've recently discovered of my new role here is that my, uh, and I'm also a WME alum, uh, my Western Michigan email address had has been reinstated. I just found that out. Woo-hoo! So I have over a year's worth of emails that I was catching up on. Yeah. One of them <laughs> happens to be uh, some notes from Dan himself on, on Lance Taylor and... I think you should know by now, Jim and Tyler, we haven't spoken at all, but you're a friend of mine on Facebook, so you know that sometimes I'm unreasonable with my teams, like being a Lions fan. That being said, I'm not afraid of hiring (laughs) 
a head coach for this program who's never been a head coach before, a la P.J. Fleck. Right. It depends on yeah. the pedigree. And the details and the research and the relationship that was built between Dan Bartholomew and Lance Taylor to make this decision, I am highly confident that this is the right sustained <clears throat> choice for Western Michigan. Right. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm comfortable yeah, I, with I, it, Tyler. I, I like the move, too. I mean, I'll be honest with you. It's a good thing we couldn't do the show yesterday on Wednesday when we planned on doing this because I was going to go. I was going to bring out the Tony Anise train, not just because of, you know, my <laughs> slight work with the folks up in Big Rapids at Ferris State, but also the fact that, he, you know, he's been a very successful coach at the Division Two level. I thought Western, dare I say, go the Central Michigan route like they did with Kelly back in the day, bringing in a D2 coach, helping build that program up before, you know, you know, dipping out to Cincinnati, Notre Dame, and all of their stuff. But well, how I long, like this. How long has he been a head coach at Ferris? It's been a while, hasn't it? Denise, oh, my gosh. I, I'm pretty sure. So Harrison Watts, the hockey broadcaster up there, him and I, I think, were in school that around the same time that he was still coaching and he was still a veteran at that point. And he's, and he's been around the ba- around the block a long time. And, you know, it's, he's finally able to put it together, this team. And now, you know, of course they're in the national semis for the third year in a row. They're playing Saturday, trying to get back to the national championship, but right. And I, I, do, I don't think he's going anywhere then. I think he's happy. Yeah. I think he's happy in big rapids. I, yeah. Cause he, you know, his, he's not the, not the youngest spry chicken uh, no question about it, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, but I think that's why you know Bartholomew really likes Taylor because he is a younger guy. He's someone that, in theory, could be around for a few years. You know, if, if things all work out, and and that's the biggest thing for this Broncos team. What was the what's been the criticism we've had about you know Lester's last season here? The offense, right? It struggled, right? I mean, right. If if you're in college football where games take four hours, Jim, you know that as well as anyone. If you can't score twenty points in a game. There's a problem, and there were a lot of instances here with Western, even against Mac schools, were struggling to hit that mark. So right. bringing in an offensive mind like Lance Taylor, that's going to be big for this team if they want to compete, especially in the tough Mac West. I fully agree with that, and I want to add something that Dan said in the press conference announcing that Lester Lester's uh, contract was not being renewed at that time. And obviously this the hunt was on for a new head coach, but he talked a lot about the trajectory because I know that obviously with the history that the Lester family and Tim Lester has with Western Michigan and this community, it, from an emotional standpoint, a lot of fans objected despite the fact that, yes, we struggled on the field uh, offensively in different areas. I think his overall record was – Good. I I don't have my the numbers in front of me, and that's my fault. But you know, I, you look at his body of work, and it's not horrible. It's not the worst ever. However, Dan's focus was on the trajectory, right? And the trajectory of the <clears throat> success of the program just wasn't where it needed to be after six seasons. Period. He wanted he wanted to compete, and, and and we weren't there. So that being said, I want to caution the Bronco fan base in that same token on the same side of that coin where Dan's talking about, I want to propel the trajectory forward. We, again, this is one of my marquee comments. We cannot expect perfection tomorrow. No. Out of any of the, like 
We, and, and But the good news for Bronco football is we're not starting from the basement. We're starting from a pretty okay place. We're, we're we're not we're not starting from Detroit Lions territory where okay. we're where we're dead we're and bringing it up. We're I know I'm, get there. I'm just being I'm just relating. That's all I'm doing. Thank you. Because I, I will say this. I mean, I, there were some games. Yeah, got a little lopsided on Western side, but I thought the the defense at times, you know, stepped up and played well. So they Absolutely. can keep that oh, yeah. together. I think I think they can certainly you know have a a better season and be certainly. If anything, competing for at least a 500, if not a little above that. Oh, it's it's going to be above that. That's definitely the goal. Um, I do want to throw in since uh, we were talking about um, about Lester and you know the fans actually, um, you know, kind of being a little upset about it. Uh, the Stampede board, that famous little online thingy on the internet where where Bronco um, faithful come to cheer, gripe, etc. The rabbit hole, you mean? Yeah, the rabbit hole. They were uh, they were calling for Lester's oh, job, pretty much, uh, most of the uh, season. But I will tell you this. After Central and Toledo, they backed off a little bit. When it was announced that Lester was not being renewed, they were cool. No one jumped down that rabbit hole. So it was, it was beautiful. So kudos to you guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. And I know there's a couple that, that download this and listen, so. There's that. A co- is that a couple like actually two, Jim? Like, do you, is yeah, it, there's is a it co- McKinney, two or three. Is it McKinney oh, two or and, three. Uh, and Jerry in there? No, I don't. I don't think either one's on the board. <laughs> That's probably for the best. <laughs> no, actually, actually, we've been getting quite a few listens, so you know, it's, it's very good. Um, oh, you know what? Before we go any further, and I, I do want to bring up women's basketball and, and talk hockey as well. Um, got a couple of sponsors to talk about um bronco nation sponsored by zolman's best one tire and auto care with locations in kalamazoo and portage shop our online coupons and tire rebates at zolmantire.com also by sweetwater's donut mill making mornings better through the power of donuts sweetwater's with three locations in kalamazoo and battle creek uh donut make you smile wow that's, I didn't. Jim, write I'm that. frowning. I am frowning. I did not write this. You could okay? have fooled me. I did not write. <laughs> okay, women's basketball. We'll start there, and then we'll jump to hockey. Um, rough start to the season, but it, it was kind of you know you you kind of thought it would be because we we had some pretty good schools on the. Uh, schedule very tough challenge in this non-conference schedule for the women's basketball team we've been to ann arbor we've been to east lansing we were just in valparaiso so so mind you all on the road we've had two home games excuse me no two home games yeah loyola and three home games loyola youngstown state and Grace Christian. Sorry, that was the uh, makeup game for the Detroit Mercy cancel. So, uh, yeah, to and we've been on the road at Colorado and Colorado State. So, to say the least, this has been certainly the tallest test of late for Shane Klipfel's team. They're weathering it pretty good. We picked up a big road win uh, last night, 68-62 over Valparaiso, weathering a couple of strong comeback attempts uh, by the Beacons. We have we were up by as many as 16. They cut it to as close as five, and that's as close as they got last night. Uh, one big thing that has been the message from Shane Cliffell all season long 
has been offensive rebounds, which we finally won that battle last night. Uh, creating turnovers, which we created over 22, uh, 22 beacon turnovers, turned that into 26 uh, Bronco points. So that was a, a huge deal. And uh, the offensive rebounds, that's one key that, yes, we won that battle. We didn't necessarily turn all of those into points. Right. But <clears throat> the thing that was said to me in the post game, and then reiterated on the bus ride home was by the entire coaching staff was that we were rebounding, offensively rebounding to the clip of two or three times a possession just because that didn't necessarily always translate into points, you could still see the defense kind of breaking down each and every time. And that was key down the stretch to put it away for the Broncos. Mm. Um, yeah, um, I'm looking at the men's too as well. Um, by the way, I got to ask you something, Carolyn. Or maybe Tyler, you know. Or maybe Tyler, you can uh, look it up. Uh, because when we were airing the men's game against Valpo, and, of course, you know, Robin's referring to them as the Beacons, and I was doing that on score, scoreboard breaks as well. Got a message from somebody. When did they change from the Crusaders? It's been a while, I think, if I recall. So here's an interesting fact as well. I recently got <clears throat> access through um, associate head coach Russ Rose to the scouting reports that they put in. Um, he has given me access to that, which I greatly appreciate because it's full of stats, it's full of notes. Love it. Ironically, I had the same question because in that program on those notes, it's loaded as the Crusaders. So I'm like, wait a minute, hmm. because when I was doing, you know, I'm doing my other side research with stats and the rest of it, and on their website, it says the Beacons. So I'm, I have no idea. Huh. Yeah, neither do I. <laughs> well, according to the new nickname, just look this up. Valpo decided to phase; they phased it in during last year, during oh. last academic year. So now they're known as the Beacon. So maybe they just didn't change it on the uh, on the statistics side. Because I know how some people just kind of, especially coaches, they just they realize, hey, I coach at this place, and whatever it says yeah. on the back end, they don't care anymore. But before we go over to the men's side, uh, Jim, I want to ask Carolyn. Carolyn, talk about, you know, for the people that maybe don't, you know, quite follow the women's team too much, even though they definitely should support all women's or all, not just all women's sports teams, but all the programs here at Western Michigan. Uh, talk about a couple of the players that have really kind of put up their forefront and maybe shown in themselves as the, the top guns, if you will. And I mean, Lauren Ross had a great year last year. She made the all Mac freshman team for a reason. Talk about a couple of the big players that are on this Bronco team this season. Well, interesting from a team perspective, they've been dubbed the new veterans. And so 13 of the 14 uh, on the roster, uh, on the active roster, are returning for the Broncos. Lauren Ross, certainly up there. She's still leading the team in scoring, and she led with 28 points last night. She averages um, 18 going into that game, so I'm really bad at fast math, but I know her average will certainly go up after last night. Uh, Taylor Williams, Redshirt Jr., certainly in that mix, and um, although she's tall, I think she stands 6'1", 6'2", and pretty lanky kid, she is a scrapper, and she hasn't gained a mu much visible mass, but her strength underneath uh, has certainly paid its dividends down in the baseline and down in the paint um, against 
some taller, bigger competition, to be frank, in this non-conference season. She's really held her own, um, and she's right there in the mix. The other impressive uh, player that has stood out to me is a freshman, a freshman from East Grand Rapids, Allie Carlson. She's been in and out with sporadic minutes in the rotation through the first few games. She really stepped up uh, in Colorado. She had a breakout game uh, in Colorado against Colorado State. So the second game we played out there in the Rocky Mountains, 13 points, uh, four rebounds, three assists, and a couple steals. And so she really had a breakout game there. And that momentum carried into the Valpo game. Uh, she didn't score 13 points, but she was right there in the mix. And she's 5'5", and she uses that kind of mid-range size and speed to her advantage, certainly. Um, and she's a very stealthy player. So to have that type of production this early in the season from a freshman, uh, Shane's talked about it all the time. Uh, the, especially the last few games, about how she's been building through this non-conference season. And to have that confidence at this point before we've even hit the conference season is is huge for her. Mm. And sh- she's using that to really spark other teammates. I mean, we can talk about Hannah Spitzley, who's been finding the bucket more. And she's, um, you know, she's a veteran player. Um Lauren Adino is getting more minutes down in the post. She shares that with Taylor, Taylor Williams, but kind of creating off the bench like that is not something she was really able to do last year. And you see her coming in and being efficient with the minutes that she's getting. And it's really more of a team effort this year, which is awesome to say at this point at three and five, yes, we would like more wins. Right. But we're early guys right. so i mean and yeah. to get this together this many pieces together this early in the season before we're even talking about hitting the mac is is a huge deal now i know we're talking colorado and colorado state and the uh, two games were i, I guess you could uh, call them a little lopsided kind of sort of but i i have to ask would the altitude have something to do with that it was huge you'll never hear the players say that and we'll put it that way well, yeah, because but, they're because they're like it doesn't affect me. Right, we're good. Oh, one hundred percent. I remember Firstweiler, Carolyn. I don't mean to quick interrupt. No, go, here, go, go. That, that, that's what Firstweiler said. Right, you, you're at University of Denver. It's a yeah. big matchup for the Broncos. Rat Magnus. It's a great bar and beautiful place. And I'm like, hey, do you think the 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 altitude will have something to do with it? Because I worked out the morning before the first game and I felt nauseous. And he's like, oh, yeah. these are top end athletes. We got skated into the ground <laughs> those two nights. Wow. We yeah. got ransacked. It was, and no, the players will admit it now too, but everyone's like, oh, we're fine. But go ahead, Carol. Yeah, I, I asked, so, you know, and you know, doing pregame conversations, you kind of touch on the, the previous games. And so going into Valpo last night, the first thing I asked Coach Clipfell was about just – you know, hey, obviously we didn't get in the win column. We wanted to do that, but we did take steps forward. And the first thing he said back to me was what we learned was this altitude was real. It was a real thing that really affected, you know, it actually affected us. And I was kind of in the same boat as you, Tyler, in no way, shape, or form. Am, am I a D1 athlete? I would say I'm in pretty good shape and I regularly exercise and I was doing like a quick workout and then I was going to practice with the team just to get in the mix and, you know, get a a view of what was going on. And I was 
snagging rebounds here and there, and I was getting winded, and I'm like, this shouldn't be happening. <laughs> so exactly. I think she spent more time in the whirlpool than. Uh... <laughs> okay, that was one oh. night, and that was two hours before we got on our flight home, you, now you which was a red eye. You shouldn't be posting that stuff because you know I'm gonna bring it up. That's fine. Took full advantage of it. Let's jump to the yep. men. Um, yep. we, or Tyler, you got one more thing? Oh, I was about to say, there's a lot of things that happen in altitude that just feel worse. Like, yeah, if, if you're not prepared for it, don't ever go out and meet friends at a local establishment if you're not prepared for it. Because that's another thing that's just that gets escalated. But that's a, that's a story for a different time. We'll, uh, yeah. We'll, I, we'll, 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 that, that'll be for the cutting room floor. Quick story to wrap this before we jump to men's basketball. Uh, back in 2003, I had to go out to uh, uh, Vegas to pick up some of my mom's stuff. She had passed away earlier that year. And um, so I was out there, you know, with my van, loading up stuff, etc. On the way there, um, decided to uh, stay in Frisco at 10,000 feet. The elevator broke down. I was on the third floor. <sighs> yeah, I get it. <laughs> I get it. Hyperventilated? Uh, I, yeah, that's, yeah, that, that, that'll work. It was not easy climbing those steps, I'm telling you. Especially back then, I was smoking cigarettes too, so that was just a boom. <laughs> bad. Just a boom. You went John Madden, you went boom, down he went. Bad, bad, Jimmy, bad. Uh, men's basketball back on November 30th. We're going to jump back that far. Um, they took it on the chin to Dayton by 20, 67 47. Uh, but then bounced back, came home uh, this last Monday. And beat Concordia 94 to 50, and the offense just woke up. I think Coach Stephens is getting this team where he needs to be um, to carry forward. Uh, it's it's it like Carolyn said with football. This is a rebuild as well for men's basketball. It's a little bit deeper because the, the men's team was uh, was down near the bottom. Um, but you know, just just be patient. Good things will happen. And I don't know, Tyler, how much you knew or have found out or whatever about DJ Stevens. I had the fortune of being at his introductory press conference. And the thing I said on that day was this dude is for real. Like his passion for not only the position of being a head coach and mentoring is there, but this dude is for real. And that is going to come through in the recruiting that is going to come through in how he operates with the university and the community. And in a mid-American conference school, that is what you need for longevity, for sustainability, and all of the above things that Dan is looking for. And you know, his pedigree is not too bad coming from Tom Izzo. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, no question about it. And I was fortunate enough to call a few games last year, so I got to know Clayton Bates a little bit. So, yeah. you know, when he left, it was, it was a little bit of a shock because the way – because I was there for that last game, I thought, okay, he's going to try to build this program up. But then Stevens came in, and, and yeah, you can tell this guy, he, he understands one of two things. One, that, you know, he's he's got to set a good example for these kids. We have to remember we're talking about college athletes here. They are kids, even though some of them might be 23 or whatnot. Right. But also the fact that he is going to try to build back a program to be competitive in this MAC. And any first-year coach, unless he inherits some amazing program that had been winning 500 years before that, you know, Duke, for example – 
it's it's not going to be an easy task here, and it's not like their schedule is going to be super easy heading into the the conference schedule. They still have Iowa State coming up next week, and or excuse me, the the week after that. But then Wisconsin is their last game. Well, you know, right before you go to Mac, let's play a Power Five Big Ten team, why don't they? So, I, I'm interested to see how they continue on, and you know, the, I think the big you know the measuring stick of success is when you play teams like Central, and of course, Ball State was pretty good last year. I mean, there's you know, you got Kent State, too, that you're going to have to worry about. So I think that'll be the real telling sign where this team is. I mean, hence why you play the non-conference schedule. But, you know, they still have Lamar Norman Jr., who last year, despite being on, you know, a, a tough Bronco team, still led the conference in points per game, still led the Mac in points per game. And he's off to a great start now, over 20 points. And they have Marquise Hastings down low. They brought in a couple guys through the transfer portal. So there's, there's still talent there. It's just putting it all together, playing a full – two halves that's the hard part and that's what i think coach stevens is trying to do with this team and that's the reason like you said you play the non-conference you get the bumps and bruises out of the way you you take your lumps and you get it right to go to the mac right exactly uh let's put a wrap on basketball with this um steve reynolds uh played for the broncos back in uh 2000 to 2002 um he was uh, named to the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame's 2023 Silver Anniversary Team. Uh, he starred at South Bend Riley, scored 759 points in three seasons, was the second team All-NIC selection in 1998. Then uh, he went to Tre- uh, Treasure Valley Community College before coming to Western Michigan. And uh, he uh, averaged 16, almost 17 points a game. Uh, he was an All-Mac second team selection. And he had 30 or more points four times, including a career-high 35-point effort at Kent State to where he hit during that game what was a school record, eight three-pointers, or school tying, record tying, eight three-pointers. He's now the girls' basketball coach at South Bend, Washington. His uh, overall record is 119 and 81 across eight seasons. But he won last year's 2022 Class 3A state title. So there you go. All right, let's move on to uh, hockey and I want to oh, say oh, one more thing about basketball. <clears throat> then we'll be it. done because you mentioned this weekend with uh, how busy Robin Hook's going to be. Right. I'm going to hopefully get him to the basketball game on time with the women going first. Uh, Bronco fans here in Kalamazoo certainly encourage you to be out at University Arena. Noon tip for the women uh, against uh, uh. <laughs> that I just went with. Yeah, yeah uh, don't worry, I brain fart. Constantly. Indiana State. I bring Indiana State. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Against there a you basketball go. team. Against another basketball team. Right. Wow, you can tell that my brain's still in Valparaiso. Anyways, Indiana State. I will be prepared for that fully, clearly. Uh, and then the- that ticket gets you into the men's game as well. So if you are here in Kalamazoo, get a two for one. You show up at the women's game on time, and you may or may not get a Western Michigan-branded Christmas sweater T-shirt Ooh! if you bring five cans for donation because they're also doing a can drive. And the men play UIC, Illinois, Chicago, and that's 230 tip. And then Robin will have to hustle over to Lawson. I'm guessing he's going to have to record Firstweiler early, real early. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it might be a morning interview. 
perhaps. Oh, well, you know, I, I think my schedule on Saturday is pretty open. There but you I'll, go. I'll have to. I'll have, well, I'll have to. I'll have to see. Uh, you know. Ah, uh, there you go. <laughs> or Jim, oh. you're going to be doing the pregame show for the hockey game. Uh, the whole thing, Jim. Not just your little national thing. scoreboard from front right. to back, start to front. Uh, we actually we talked about it. That's why Robin's going to go ahead and just record it. He thinks he can make it, but if he but if he can't, if he can't, I'll be ready. Don't worry, I'll, be, right. I'll if, be there. And if you're not local in Kalamazoo, you can't make it. We've got you covered, obviously, on the Bronco Media Network. That's right. Okay, hockey. Um, big win over Northeastern. Um, which which Tyler, talk about that trip, would you? <laughs> Oh, Lord. Um, It was great. We were, man, I tell you, the setup the National Predators had for us in Northeastern was great. We're at the Omni Hotel there, right on Broadway, beautiful area. Walked to Bridgestone Arena, and then Thanksgiving night happened, where apparently there were some people I talked to that were out and about around 3 o'clock in the morning, because I guess, you know, places stay open in Nashville on Thanksgiving. Um, they said that they saw like some water trickling down Broadway, but I didn't think too much of it. And then I worked out Friday morning. Like I like to like to do like a little pregame workout myself before I actually go to the pregame skate with the team. I work out, I go get breakfast downstairs. I get up to my hotel room and all of a sudden my phone has like five text messages and seven DMS or whatever saying, are you seeing this right now? Like, what do you see? I'm like, what do you mean? I click the link. Oh, there's a flood inside Bridgestone Arena. To which I said to myself, you have got to be kidding me. My, I'm like, I, I talked to a, a buddy of mine, Peyton Turnage, who happened to be down there. He was uh, part of the Women's College Showcase that was going on at the rink that the Broncos ended up playing at. And I remember I sent him that, and he's like, dude, someone does not want you out there to be broadcasting <laughs> NHL Arena. And I'm like, you're, you're right. Um, but I tell you what, what we lost in the, cause obviously the players are bummed, but they wanted to play. This was a big game against a top 20 team, but what we lost in not playing in an NHL arena, we gained because all the fans that had bought tickets to that game got to go to Fordyce center Bellevue. It's about 15, 20 minutes away, just down the highway. It's not awful. And it's pro- but, probably a smaller arena, much smaller arena, right? Oh yeah. It was just a normal, like public size rink. If you like went yeah. over to wings West off stadium drive there, it was kind of like that. But I tell you what, it was hacked. It was loud. Both, I mean, for both fan bases too. So it, you know, it felt like a like a good high school hockey crowd. So that's what made it fun. It was an entertaining game, and Western really showed what they had against a pretty much an NHL goaltender, Devin Levi. I mean, that guy's gonna be playing for the Buffalo Sabers before you know it. And I think, unfortunately, that win was so big, and since it was just a one-game weekend, that's all the Broncos could hang their hat on. <laughs> That kind of carried over into a slight hangover on their, you know, this first big road trip against Omaha. Because I tell you what, I, I don't. It's hard to say I'm disappointed in how the game went on Friday. Yeah, it's, it, up, it's like a hangover weekend. It, it it was a huge hangover weekend because they got. I mean, there was a little lackadaisical. They took Omaha for granted, and that's what happens. I mean, you gave up three power play goals yeah. too. I mean, they got a little. I mean, they didn't take too many penalties, unfortunately the Mavericks were just able to take advantage of their opportunities. Thankfully, you know, Western made it close. They show that they still have that offense. I mean, we'll get to a couple of guys here in a second, but played a little bit more of a lockdown game the next night. But we talked about this in the preseason gym, the NCHC. Yes. It doesn't have as many top five, top 10 teams, some other conferences, right? But in terms of depth, in terms of you can't take a week off, this is the conference that you have to watch out for. I mean, 
Miami might be the only outlier when I, in that statement because Colorado College improved. Uh, uh, don't don't even don't don't even talk about Miami because they have a rough goaltender man who can play. So yeah, no. it, but yeah, <laughs> thankfully Jason Jason Poland figured him out. Right, uh, well, Jason <laughs> Poland's figured nearly been. everyone out. I was gonna say that. Yeah, no, yeah, Jason <laughs> Poland's been fantastic. But I mean, Omaha's good. They you know we saw them during that bubble year. They were pretty good. Colorado College has improved, even with North Dakota not playing well. I mean, you still have St. Cloud State. Duluth is good. I mean, you still, I mean, there's so many great. Denver's the number one team in the country. It's so hard in this conference to get ahead, and that's what kind of maybe hurts, if you will, the the pairwise, the rankings, whatever you want to go about. But you know, this is going to be a, an important weekend for Western Michigan coming up here because it's at home. It is North Dakota, a very vulnerable North Dakota team as well, and I know that's not going to technically really help the things going into you know ranking committee and all that nonsense and, and you the- and you cannot think that way because that's the way we thought probably against omaha because omaha exactly. has been struggling and and north dakota has really hit the skids so we have to be careful 100 percent, and that's that's why i like coach Firstwater because he he is a very he's very detail oriented but he's also understanding of how the players are he I mean he played here He's been around NHLers. He's been up and down. He's coached every single level. He knows how to get to these players and say, hey, we know what we did wrong last week. Let's let's fix it before we get to this weekend here because at that point, if they take North Dakota lightly here, we're going to be looking at a similar story. And the worst part is it's on home ice, which hurts them even more. So I expect the Lunatics to be rowdy Friday night and Saturday night. Both games are going to be huge. And it's for for Western this year, the offense, it's it's they live and die with their offense. If they don't score, well, they kind of struggle to get wins. And thankfully, they have two of the three best scorers in the country right now, Ryan McAllister, and then the second leading goal scorer in Jason Poland. And that line of them and Max Sasson has been exceptional. The issue is though, defense. the depth has been the depth has been up and down. But yes, you mentioned the defense. It's I don't I it's, I can't point the finger at Cameron Rowe when you're facing you know four power plays in one period or four penalty kills in one period. It's a it's a tough spot for a right. goaltender here and and like I said we've been spoiled the last couple seasons we've had Brandon Bussy back there for the Broncos. Yeah, and the yeah. Arg- and I'm gonna just butt in for a second. The argument I've had with Jordan uh, in the past is that Brandon Bussy should have sat perhaps for a game here and there, you know, like. Except for one oh, early no, on, no one was stopping for Minnesota one later in the year. But, but you st- no, but you still got to sit your starting goalie once in a while. I'd like to see what Will Hambly can offer. Yeah, you know, he's a younger kid. I think maybe Kirk Larson would maybe be the guy that they'd want to turn to. But first while there's a guy, mm, I mean, he went, I don't to know. This, well. he went to the Andy Murray School of Coaching a little bit where he says, if I have a starting goaltender, an established guy, I'm going to go with him. And you know, it's hard right now. And maybe maybe when we get to the GLI coming up here at the end of the month, maybe that might be the chance to maybe throw in Larson if things don't go well this weekend with North Dakota. Because it's hard to try something different or try something new when you're in the heart of this NCHE schedule because you can only go with, at right now, what you think is your number one guy. And, you know, maybe if it's a – if we have another barn burner night where, you know, Rogue gives up five or six goals, maybe we do see Larson on Saturday. But – it's, you know, right now it's Rose Net because he, for the most part, up until Friday, let's be honest, up until that game, that 7-6 game, he hasn't really looked like a bad goaltender. He's been playing well. He's made big saves. He made a plethora of huge saves in that game against Northeastern, even though he gave up four goals. You know, it's it's his net to lose right now. And, you know, 
I think it's how he plays on Friday will determine whether or not <coughs> Firstweiler or how tight the leash is with Coach Firstweiler. So it's an important weekend. I no question about it because this team needs to get back on track here. I mean, it's not often you like to get swept. And I'm trying to think, did they get swept at all last year, Jim? I don't think they did. I do not recall that. I do oh, not gosh. recall that. I know there were a couple of splits. Yeah, there were, there were a lot quite of splits, a, quite a splits. quite a few of splits, quite a few splits actually. Yeah, and they they uh, were mostly on they were mo- they were mostly win Friday, lose Saturday. It seemed so. You know. Oh no! Yeah, I just yeah. said that. And I remembered. Yeah, because they got swept at Grand Forks during the regular season, and of course, the weekend <clears> we're talking about earlier was Denver, and they lost both those games. So. Right. So it still stinks to get swept, especially in the conference schedule. But I expect first while to have the boys ready to go on uh, tomorrow night. Right. And I, I'm still thinking around the fact that we won't see uh, St. Cloud again this season. And we only see Denver one weekend and it's here. So, well, yeah, because we played there last year and the boys were like, hey, can we play on like sea level? That'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's lake level around here. Remember, we're about 800 feet up. So, you know, oh, just yeah. Uh, yeah but... Well, not not too, not a mile and a half, though. Right, right. I just think, you know, get the defense a little tighter, and, and that'll take the pressure off Cam right there. 100%, and that's the, that's the important thing. And, you know, I, I, they brought in a couple great defensemen in Carter Berger and Zach Galambos. Galambos, who has been, I mean, I just, I don't say a breath of fresh air, but, you know, when you lose guys like Ronnie Edder and Michael Joyo on the back end, you need to fill them up with good defensive guys. And, and Galambos is certainly... He's he's filled in admirably, 100%. Because I mean, he's not just the, I mean, he's the third leading scorer on this, excuse me, the fourth leading scorer on this hockey team as a defenseman. He was great at AIC, but he's shown he can do it here at the top level of college hockey. And Berger, I mean, there have been times Berger's had some issues in his own zone, but he's he's a veteran too. He can figure it out, and he's he's played some good minutes too this season for Western. You look like you wanted to say something, Carolyn. No, I'm just absorbing. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> Well, let's let's promote this. It um, and then we're going to get to the Lions. Oh my God! I wish Jordan was here. <laughs> and I'm not going to be the bad guy. I'm sorry. I'm 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 leaning Carolyn's way. Anyway, first triple header. Let's drill that into everybody's brain. Women's basketball. <laughs> women's basketball. Twelve noon against Indiana State. Men's basketball. Two thirty against UIC. Hockey, 6 o'clock against Nodak. And you can walk from University Arena to Lawson. With, Easily. With Robin Hook. We should actually with promote. Robin, yeah, you I, can I, walk with. No. Yeah, I think he might take wheels. Over walk there. arm in arm with Rob. Do like the big football <laughs> march across across campus all together. And it'll, I, be a, it'll be a great scene. And while we're wrapping up basketball, I'll be in studio sweating. Okay, come on, make it, make it, make it, make it. But you know, eh, we'll, we'll just go with it. Like, don't no timeouts. Everyone hold their timeouts in their pockets. Just let right. them play street ball style. No timeouts. Call your own fouls. Okay, Lions looked awesome. Ah, awesome. mm-hmm. they, they they played a complete game. They were. There was what, what, one, how many penalties? Just a couple, I think. Just a couple. That was it. And yeah. that, that's been a downfall of Detroit is mm. is eating all of those penalties. Jared Goff, 31 of 41 for 340 yards. That's my quarterback. I I agree. 
I agree. I stinking agree. In fact, there's an article I saw online from uh, Sports Illustrated that said Jared Goff is the quarterback for the Detroit Lions. Why was he? Why was there any? Okay, I'm sorry. That was the problem I had coming into this year. And even when they lost a couple games, when they were shut up by New England, is Jared Goff our quarterback? Who else is it going to be? Jordan Thank hates you. Jordan just hates every, anyone that I like. Hi, Tyler. <laughs> Welcome in. Uh, oh, trust me. Uh, listen, Carolyn, I wasn't the full Lions making the playoffs sort of deal, but I can tell you what. I, Jared Goff is a former what number one pick yeah. for a reason. Yeah. This, this, he's a good quarterback. He's been to a oh. Super Bowl. Hello. I mean, and I, and here's the thing too. Yes, he's been picked off a couple of times in key situations when he's had to force the ball. But that's one thing I like about him. He doesn't force the play. No, we were used to we were used to sidearm whippersnapper gunslinging Matthew Stafford, where the guy was going to throw 25 touchdowns a season and 30 interceptions. The, the I like I yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Well, I like a quarterback that's going to throw 15 touchdown passes and maybe two interceptions. Yeah, I mean, I, I his decision making is good. It's just the fact that. Now you're starting to see the receiving core start to come around here and the run game. Oh, oh. Jeebus. Oh, Jamal they, Williams. Well, it, DeAndre Swift. Well, Swift, and, uh, Swift yeah. might not play Sunday, perhaps, because his ankle is. Uh, Nobody likes your negativity. I, I'm not being negative. I'm being a realist. Okay. I'm, and he's, this he's, is where I get a little bit unreasonable, and I'm sorry, Tyler. I mean, I try and stick to the facts, but I try and look. For the Detroit Lions, I try and look at the bright side of the facts. But I'm agreeing with 100% of what you're saying because football is not a singular player sport. So it should never always be just on the quarterback. It's all about the pieces that you're talking about, Tyler. And Except I always use the quarterback's picture whenever I preview a game. I was always like, Patrick Mahomes, he's the only guy. Well, because I, it's just like the pitcher and the catcher in baseball. That's where the play starts mm-hmm. and ends. Mm-hmm. Right. Is with what is the quarterback doing. However, I've said this since I was nine years old, and I've said this on this show. The Detroit Lions have not had an offensive line, so it doesn't matter if your quarterback is Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford, Charlie Batch, Scott Mitchell, Joe Montana, Troy Aikman. If you have. Wait, wait, wait. You threw that Joey Harry. Yeah, just go name whoever doesn't matter if you have 0.5 seconds to do anything after the snap you're gonna get intercepted you're gonna get sacked you're gonna lose yards you're gonna you know name all the things that have happened to the Lions over the course of our lifetimes and and beyond they have an offensive line this year that which is sustained and that has created this running game because yes they do also have good running weapons Mm -hmm. which is helping Everything else. And the running backs can block, too. Correct. This team this team is set to roll offensively. They are set to roll offensively. Offensively. Yeah. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. On defense. Yeah, slowly. Aiden Aiden is showing us the light, but we don't have the full Oh, you mean Aiden's doing more than just getting butts in seats? Jordan, where are you? Well, let's okay. Let's be honest here. Okay, that was the dumbest thing too, because I listened to the the pregame show they have out there in Detroit, and I, I I'm not I, I don't know if I'm legally allowed to say the name of the station, because well, I know we, the guy. We 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 carry Lions uh, broadcast here on KZO. Okay, so. cool. So Jim so Jim Costa used to work with 
yeah. in the building. I used to work oh. in here in Grand Rapids. Oh, Rapid, trust me, I... Jordan always references Costa. He posts stuff about Costa. So Costa like, safe. Jim's, Jim's a great guy. Got yeah. to know him, good guy. Um, but I listened to him, and I remember they said, you know, they were trying to calm it down, but I'm like, man, Hutchinson's not doing much this week and this and that. And I'm like, guys, he's a rookie. A rookie defensive end in a man's league. He was playing against, like I said, kids for the last couple of years. Right. And, you know, being a pretty darn good defensive lineman. And, you know, the, the thing about the defense is this. Up front, I think they're solid. I think, knock on wood, they have some one of the best run defenses in the league. It's the the fact that they can't defend the pass. Yeah. And yeah. that's nothing because of Aaron Glenn. Yeah. It's yeah. the fact that they have incompetence in the secondary. Yeah, that's the, 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 D, the D line's in good shape right now. It, it The problem is, is yeah, the, the cornerbacks, the safeties, you know, they're just. I like Okuda. Just, Okuda's played well. Okuda has, yes, Okuda, Okuda, yeah. Okuda has improved. And by the way, he's also on the may not playlist too. Stop. Just Jim, I'm about to. You're about to get canceled from this show. No, I, <laughs> no, I'm a, I'm a realist. I am not Jordan. You're a realist. I am no, not Jordan. Jesus, no, I am not Jordan. But no, Jim. I wish Jim, I was as young as Jordan, but I am not Jordan. Jim, that is, that is a wooden table in that studio. Yep. Say, say, Okuda's gonna play and knock on wood. Okuda, I will do it. Wait, Okuda's well, gonna play. That's Okuda's good. gonna play. DeAndre's gonna play. Yep. Does does for Mike account? <laughs> for Mike. Sure. Sure, sure. Why not? <laughs> Is it a type of wood? I'll take it. But no, I, can can I we just point out the? Sorry, Tyler. Can we just point out the fact that we're talking about? And, and I know there's more pieces than just the secondary, but the real Achilles' heel of this team is the secondary. A couple of seasons ago, and dating back to before Jim was born, which was like a bajillion years ago, we've always talked about you know. Thank you. Multiple pieces of this team that have suffered and continue to suffer and will suffer. We aren't talking about how poor, you know, how the team doesn't buy into the coaching staff. They buy into the coaching staff 100%. That locker room is locked and loaded and bought in. Done. We're talking about the effectiveness of the offensive line, which is then having a trickle-down effect of the offensive success. The front, the front end of the defense, locked and loaded, ready to go. So, instead of talking about multiple pieces, we're talking about the secondary. Yes, it has hampered us, and as part of the losses that we've suffered, and it's a thing that the other teams will exploit. Our opponents will exploit that. Okay, fine, we'll get there. We can work with a singular piece. Versus having to revamp everything. Just saying. I'm going to say this right now. Campbell is the coach. Done. He is the coach. Bought in. He he still needs to work on his clock management a little bit. But there was no clock management to really work on last week when you possess the ball eight times and you score every single time. Except for the time that you took the victory formation and knelt. Here's my thing with that stuff. Sorry, Tyler. I will let you speak. I promise. I'll be done oh, after I, this. I, just, I, I was actually, for once, I was just agreeing with Jim. Oh, That's, well, that, hey. For once, once, whatever. Uh, my thing with the clock management, it's it, and this has nothing to do with learning on the job, but kind of that's a point that can be made. Okay, fine. Cool. If those things that didn't work out worked out, we wouldn't be having the clock management discussion. Right. That's just the f- 
he'd be a hero. He'd be awesome. We wouldn't, uh, to everybody, we wouldn't be talking about, you know, them being in the wild card hunt. Cool. We'd be talking about them being in the playoffs right now. And he, that would be it. It It is just how the play rolled out. And I'm, yes. If you didn't take chances, you'd be conservative. Right. And then they'd be like, oh, he's boring and you need, he's, yeah. so we'd be having that discussion. I'd be rather be having the, he's got cojones. He went for it. It didn't work out. Okay. And he learned from it and moved on. And move on. Yeah, because Patricia, there would be times to be fourth and one at the 50-yard line or yeah. maybe just inside the 50, said punt it. <laughs> had no faith or whatever in the team. And it, it yeah. was, and it hurt because it just they, they never took those chances. And, yes, there were a couple instances earlier this season where it was like fourth and three or, you know, we mentioned the Patriots game where they never tried to kick a single field goal even though they had a kicker in the lineup that had, you know, could apparently kick 50-plus yards. But, you know, we were already past that. Yeah, right. But he's he's also like you said he's learned he's realized because there was a you know this on sunday last sunday there was a fourth and one at about the 20 yard line or so maybe one and a half yards but dan's like you know what let's just get the points right here and it ends up paying off because you're right kicking you know scoring touchdowns is better than kicking field goals but if you're not if you're moving the ball down the field and flipping the other end and staying on the the opponent's end of it and trying to get points every single drive i'll take that than, mm-hmm. you know, taking a chance and giving up points. So that's important. And, you know, it, this Sunday is – this is <clears throat> one of the last two games that I think I'm fearing. Next week against New York, the Jets, so they, you know, they got that Mike White guy who was, for some reason, despite throwing two interceptions last week, he's the guy that's going to carry the Jets to the playoffs in mm-hmm. that wild AFC East. But it's the Vikings. And I looked at it. It's funny. My wife, who, by the way, says hi. Uh, she hi, says, wife. I, we looked at the schedule a couple weeks ago. I think it might have been right before Thanksgiving. I said, here are the games that I think the Lions can't win. Buffalo. Because they should have beat Minnesota the first time. On the road against the Vikings, by the way. The Jets quarterback situation, that gives them an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then there's Chicago. And let's be honest, Green Bay's fragile. Yeah. Every, 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 game, every game left on this schedule is very winnable. It is, they are very, very, very winnable if the Lions play up to the way they played last week, last Sunday. And, and there's yeah, something the, to those, be those, Go ahead. Go. Oh, that's it. Those can be considered lofty because, I mean, it's it's tough because, you know, trying to play and trying to keep a run like this, it's very foreign to us Lions fans. <laughs> and it's very foreign to the Lions in general since, you know, Bobby Lane said this team's never going to win another championship. So it's it's hard to say that they can continue to do it. But the problem is and Carolyn, you can, you know, test this as well. It's the fact that they're giving us hope. <laughs> <laughs> we might be five and seven. We might be the best five and seven team in the NFL right now, but darn it, there's hope. And that sucks. Cause I, I'm, used, you guys are what? I'm used to hearing the word false in front of that hope, but that's the other guy I work with. Well, the Kool-Aid right, tastes so good. Home. The Kool-Aid tastes good. We're just going to, I'm just going to leave it at that. The Kool-Aid tastes good. I'm going to enjoy it as long as it's being poured, and I'm going to keep mixing it when it runs out. And and spike it, please. Do it. <laughs> well, you I might mean, as the, well. Celebration, you know. Depending hey. on depending upon the result of the Vikings game, and I'll say this, I read a, a good article uh, about the thoughts of Dan Campbell after that one, and he's he said, I'm going to take that loss to my grave. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's lost – 
overtime here as a head coach, and there's a lot to be, you know, we talked about that. Um, Most- and for him, for that one to stick with him, I think they're going to be ready to rock. Most of the Lions' losses have been close affairs. Yeah. So you, you just need to keep that in the back of your mind. And if you want to talk about uh, point spreads right now, with that little injury uh, report no, no, that no, came out, it, I, I'm going to say it. They are now, the Lions are still favorites. Okay. Oh, you said uh, it, Jim. Yeah. By only a two point favorite okay the half point got yeah the They're half going up po- against the division champions i'm gonna say it minnesota's winning the division it should be a po- yeah, it, it, it should it should, should be it should be favored should be a coin flip literally but you know i don't care if it's home field at 4 30 against yeah. kirk cousins we should not be favored against the vikings that's just bad juju everywhere agreed bad, agreed hey but in jordan's words it'll put butts in the seats Oh, yeah, but it's, it's got some butts in the seats and a lot of blind hope butts in the seats. <laughs> That's false hope. Blind hope, false hope, the same darn blind. thing. Okay, well, we, we made it this far. Um, it's it's a tough game to call. And, you know, I'm going to bring up Jordan one more time because he wouldn't touch Lions anything, but he won't touch anything with a two-point spread usually. Or even two and a half might be a little too tight for him to uh, take a shot at it. But if you were a gambling man or a gambling woman, what would you call it? I'm, I can't, I can't, I, I can't. It's too close. I refuse. I refuse to bet for the Lions, but I feel <laughs> like I'm not a fan if I bet against them. So I am going to take the Kirk Herb Street bit here for College Game Day and tell them that if the Lions' run game is awesome. They have a chance to win, but if they let Kirk Cousins play like the one o'clock Kirk Cousins that we know he can be, and that secondary, it's going to be tough, and it's going to end up just like it did last or the last time out. Hmm. Carolyn, I'm going to be unreasonable here. What? And, <laughs> Unre- and go Lions for it. Unreasonable. The Lions. The Lions are going to take it. I think they're going to cover the spread. That's not unreasonable. Well. That's not unreasonable but I, at all. But, but I agree. But the logical it, side of my brain agrees with what Tyler said, and that is just bad juju because the Lions should not be favored over the division champs in a, in a betting, in a realistic betting pool. You mean the division leaders? The division leaders. That's, yeah. yeah. The, they're going to win the division. There's yeah, no they, they, they will. They're going to win they two will. more games. They will. But, yeah. but yeah. Green Bay is going to come back? <laughs> <laughs> Even I'm not oh even that. Oh my god! No. I, I, I could sit and talk about that all day long, especially when, uh, yeah, Aaron, mm-hmm. he's a wuss. Anyway, <laughs> he, he whines. Aaron, in immunized Rodgers, yeah, that guy. Bronco triple header this Saturday. Um, start out with women's basketball against Indiana State, and then men's basketball against UIC. Both those games at University Arena. Then uh, jump in your car, head over to Lawson, or walk over because it's close enough, and catch hockey against North Dakota. Uh, Bronco Nation, brought to you by Sweetwater's Donut Mill. Sign up for Sweetwater's email subscriber list and receive a half dozen donuts free. Learn more at sweetwaterdonuts.com. Uh, also, by Zolman's Best One Tire and Auto Care. Zolman's offers preventative maintenance for your vehicle. Um, they're calling for a white Christmas, by the way. That just came out. So you're going Fingers to crossed. need to make sure that your vehicle can get through all that fun stuff. Book an appointment online at ZolmanTire.com. Yeah, white, white Christmas. Cross our fingers. Maybe. I'll take it. 
Yeah. Uh, real quick, Tyler, before I let you go, um, because I'm not sure next time we're going to have you on, but trust me, we will down the road. Um, GLI, what are you thinking? Boy, well, I mean, Western's certainly happy they got Michigan Tech that first game because Michigan State's looking really good this year. They're much more improved. So Michigan State and Ferris State will be the – that's they're the headliner of the, the opening night, but I think Western has a chance to take it. I mean, they're going to receive – if they beat Michigan Tech, they're going to receive a test – when they take on Michigan State in the championship game. Knock on wood, of course. Right. And state uh, State's actually having a decent year um, after slumping for the last few. Um, so was it, didn't State make some changes to their program? Uh, yep. um, yeah, I thought so. Yep, Adam, Adam Nightingale's the head coach. Danton Cole right. is out, yeah. and they brought in a lot of transfers. And, you know, they got Jagger Joshua. They have Dylan St. Cyr from Notre Dame as their goaltender. They have a couple top scores. I mean, they have a guy that was playing like some weird prep league in Washington a couple of years ago. That's leading their team in scoring, but you know, like a diamond in the rough. So the Spartans are a lot better this year. They might finish third in that conference in the big 10. So, okay. Uh, and as we go out the door, um, CFP final four, who you got winning it all. I am not making a pick with my team in it. I would, I, it would, no matter what, it's going to be torturous on new year's Eve. It's TCU. <laughs> yeah. We saw, we saw how good Max Duggan was. And how okay. he literally dragged TCU to overtime against Kansas State. Yeah, but the game's also, over. The game's over early, so you can, you know, if Michigan loses, you can flip your uh, frown upside down by midnight. I'm sure. Oh man, that's gonna be tough. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the, well, the, also the fact that the impending fact that there could be a Michigan Ohio State national championship game just makes me think that maybe we should shut down Twitter. Agreed. That's the only sure bet. Honestly, that's what I was going to say. That's the only sure bet with that impending situation. Oh, boy. Tyler Kuehl, thank you so much for uh, joining us from uh, the uh, suburbs of Grand Rapids. Walker, right? Yes, Walker. Yeah, yeah it's it's, yeah. it's like I'm literally around the corner and I would be in Grand Rapids tax land. So I'm happy where I'm at. Oh, there you go. Carolyn Binder, um, she will. you can listen to her Saturday starting at 1130 on the touch uh, with the Maple Hill Subaru Bronco Countdown pregame show, followed by women's basketball. We'll be there. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. Thanks, guys. Go Broncos. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Bronco Nation podcast. Stay tuned for next week's episode.